Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of this beautiful podcast. I am Tommy Finkin. Alongside me today, as always, is Jet Rosenstein. Jet, how you doing today? A little bit of a throwback intro. I'm doing great, Tommy. Always, always good to get back to our roots. I mean, that's that's where we originated from. That's that's the beginning of this great adventure we've both been on together. And I'm excited, you know, for this adventure to continue. Yeah, Jet and I are looking back at some of our old episodes recently, and you know, you kind of listen to them and you hear. This is, the, this is the beginning of every one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I'm not too sure why soft voice was like the key to success in this industry. Clearly, I found the, the real key to this treasure chest of success is we now get to tens of millions of views per episode. Well, it's um, interesting to say that. Um, I was just reviewing the, the um, views over the past several episodes. Um, when I do the intros, our numbers are much higher than when you do the intros unfortunately yeah. i didn't i didn't win to do the intro today so probably see a little decline in views but we'll be right back up to par on next episode once the heat clench a series win against the 76ers and i i'm here for the intro well what's funny there is that there's literally no correlation and that's a fact because no one knows who does the intro until they actually click on the episode it's not like there's just like an underground reddit page of our of our show and people ask who did the intro and they don't listen unless oh, that's, guy does that's, it. that's where you're wrong. There's a, there's a burner account on Twitter, the 25, eight burner. It has, it's, it leaks all the behind the scenes stuff, like what we're going to be talking about, like key nuggets about the episode, things yeah. like who's doing the intro, who's doing the outro. They release what the word of the day is, what the, I still got the nuggets beating the warriors to be honest with you. <laughs> all right. Well, well you're, thank you're... you guys for tuning back in. Uh, my hat of the day today is actually not a hat. It is an item of the day. Uh, the hat supply does run dry. It is, <laughs> it's evident that hats are not endless in my closet. Uh, so the item of the day today is a Dan Marino autographed football. Now, Jed, I know you're salivating over there down in Miami Beach. Um, maybe this area. I know that you want this Dan Marino football. So I've planned a little something for you. You can get this football, and all you have to do is answer this question that I'm about to ask you correct. Are you ready? Yeah. Now I will first, I got a preface. There is a rule. You got to have your hands in the air because I, I don't want you looking it up on your phone. Okay? Yeah. What is my middle name? <laughs> <laughs> three two does it start with a j it does james my middle name is blake b-l-a-k-e uh there's no j in there but maybe another time we could do another giveaway for you know a real friend of mine who knows middle names and such Jet, it is to my understanding <laughs> that you wanted to get into some MLB. Obviously, the last few episodes have been basically all basketball, and we'll get to a little basketball at the end this time. We're going to switch it up a little bit just because of you know the, the fact that if we have some listeners that don't care for basketball, we've been berating them with basketball. No, we still have timestamps, though. We can't forget about the timestamps, so it gives well, people that's the, true. That's... The, the easy you know access to different segments within the show. It sounds like you want to start with basketball, Jet. Is this correct? No, baseball would be fine. Okay, okay. Well, but there's still those timestamps. Yes, of course. So, pretty standard. We're just going to go top 10 MLB teams right now. We're going to get our power rankings. And Jet is going to go first because I have a few tweaks to make to my list. It's a few tweaks, as in actually doing the power rankings. Um, it was very, <laughs> really tough for Tommy to come to a conclusion on his rankings. But with yeah, the, one day um, Jet's going to learn what it's like to have a job. Um, you know, you can't just prepare for your six or seven podcasts that you have per day. Right. Uh, right. But I mean, I did well. these, I did these power rankings 10 minutes before the show and you just, you know, you were just talking about like random useless things to kind of, kind of sidetracked us to 1207 here in the Eastern time zone. So, um, are you still in the Eastern time zone? I'm in, I'm in Eastern time zone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm in central time. Central. So 1107. Okay. Yeah. That's probably, that's yeah. probably why we, we started so late, but. Um, yeah, me and Tommy Edmund are looking at the same clock right now. So, 
it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I'll start with number 10 here. Um, I got the Toronto Blue Jays at number 10. And for a team that had very, very high expectations coming into the season, they have kind of not lived up to those expectations as Tommy scrambles to try and figure out who his number 10 team is going to be. Um, <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays have lost four in a row and they're three and seven in the last 10. A couple guys that have really started off the season slow. Um, Matt Chapman, Bo Bichette, Jose Barrios. Um, they're going to really need these guys if they want to be able to compete with the Yankees and not only in their division, but in the American League. I still have hope for them. Obviously, they were my World Series pick representing the American League. So I still think they're going to be, they can do that, but still have a long way to go. But the Blue Jays are my number number 10 team at this moment. Okay, Jet. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, For me, my number 10 team is going to be a little bit different, different league. I'm going with the St. Louis Cardinals here. I think a lot of people could argue that this is a little bit low. Um, some others could argue that this may be a little bit high. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals, I like a lot of what I see in them. Um, you know, just talking about Tommy Edmond a bit, you you know that uh, they were already on my mind. So Jet saying that I was scrambling to find a list is just untrue. Um, but the Cardinals are 17 and 13 right now, six and four in their last 10. So they've they've been on a bit of a hot streak recently. Plus 31 run differential is what I'm looking at here, Jet. Milwaukee has a two-game lead on them. Um, obviously, run differential doesn't mean a whole lot because they could have just won a 31-0 game. Um, but that's not true. We know that's not true. St. Louis is, I mean, a few of the games I remember of them, I mean, their record could be quite a bit better. I know they lost a heartbreaking game to the Mets. Um, a few other heartbreaking games early on in the year, like like uh, within the first 10 games of the season, I, I think I recall. Um, I think St. Louis... Has, has more potential to be moving up in my power rankings than down. Okay. Yeah, St. Louis is actually a notable omission in my top 10. I don't even have them in my top 10. Um, just, just looking at the teams I have above them. Um, the, the Cardinals have faltered a little bit since, their, since the beginning of the season when they were leading the division, but I'm going to move over to my number nine team, who I don't think anybody thought that they would be playing this well so far this season, and that's the Minnesota Twins. Um, currently leading the AL Central by two and a half games, a plus 20 run differential. The big story for them has really been their pitching, and they've had a lot of guys, whether it's been veteran guys like Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, or younger guys like Bailey O'Bear, Joe Ryan, have all really stepped up to form a really complete rotation. Now they're kind of dealing with the injury bug as Paddock went on the I.L., Bundy's been on the IL. O'Bear just went on the IL. Carlos Correa just went on the IL. Byron Buxton can't stay healthy, but even when he is healthy, he is one of the better players in the league. But I don't think the Twins are going to stay in the top 10 in the power rankings or in the top of the American League Central, but I think it's important to recognize how well they've played so far. Yeah, and before you even get to my next one, I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing that you just did is just recognize some teams that I left off the top 10 because I don't see them sticking long-term and I took long-term um, into my rankings. Uh, shout out to Minnesota. You guys, they're playing very well right now and you have to recognize it. Shout out as well to the four and five teams in the national league West, Arizona Cardinals and Colorado Rockies, both above 500, which obviously again, it's still early, but we weren't expecting this at all out of them. I mean, we were expecting them to be probably like 10 plus games back by now in the season. Um, so shout out to them. They, they're, they're playing real well. Um, I think there was another, Oh yeah. The New York Mets, uh, they're probably not going to stay in the top 10 long-term. So shout out to them for, for playing well uh, in the earlier parts of the season. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, <laughs> The Mets, the Mets were tough. I decided to include them in my top 10. <laughs> just kind of wanted to recognize their success so far. So um, just to mention before we continue on some of my other notable omissions, um, the San Francisco Giants, the Cardinals, like I said, the Miami Marlins, um, and then a bunch of other teams that really I felt, you know, could have could have earned the recognition. Um, the Phillies would have missed my top 25. But um, if you want to continue on, go for it. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and continue on. My number nine team is the team that is right above 
my number 10 team, and that is the Milwaukee Brewers. Like I mentioned before, just two games ahead of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Corbin Burns has been electric this season already to start. Uh, I expect to see this continue. Uh, Freddie Peralta hasn't been his best. Brandon Woodruff either. Um, so this 20 and 12, I, I kind of expect to be a little bit better than it already is. Um, obviously, Peralta and Woodruff were due for a little bit of regression um, after last year, but definitely not as much as we've seen so far. Another notable notable pitch, notable starting pitcher in this rotation, Eric Lauer. Uh, Southpaw, he's been really good this year. Um, I'm expecting this team to stay and contend, and I, I think that it's going to be a fun race to watch down the stretch between St. Louis and Milwaukee. Absolutely. Um, I, I had Milwaukee winning the division before the season started. I still think they're going to do so just because of I think Woodruff and Peralta are going to you know start to get back to what they've been accustomed to doing these past several years. And then obviously the offense will be pretty much inconsistent all year, but it's good to see that Christian Yelich, who hit for the cycle today, just hit for the cycle, yeah. um, is, is starting to get back to what he's been doing as well. Um, number eight for me is the Tampa Bay Rays. And obviously they just got no hit last night by the Los Angeles Andrews. Reed Detmers, no hit them. But they're still finding a way to, to string wins together once again this season. And it's not even with the most talented of players. They're just able to find guys and get a lot of production out of them. A couple guys I want to note. Uh, Manuel Margot, a guy that really was a um, highly sought-after prospect early on in his career, never really panned out in the beginning. But now he's looking like the guy that he was supposed to be, hitting 337 with 20 RBIs. Then Wander Franco has been playing extremely well. They've had some guys that have come off to a slow start. Brandon Lau, I'm sure we'll, we'll see better numbers from him soon. Um, on the pitching side of things, Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, and then Corey Kluber has been all right. He had a rough outing last last night, but this race team just is able to piece a bunch of guys together, and they their output is always a bunch of wins. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do two here because I accidentally made 11. Um, Cardinals yeah, are my I mean, 11 I, team. Understandable, scrambled, so you made a mistake, but continue on. So number eight and a half, I have the Toronto Blue Jays. And this team, I expect to excel in this power rankings. Uh, ascend is the better word. Uh, this isn't Microsoft. Take out Merriam. I expect uh, Merriam. Yeah, thank you, Merriam Webster, for you know filling up my vocab. Toronto Blue Jays are at eight and a half. I think this team is going to ascend in my, in my power rankings here very soon. Honestly, they were playing real good ball here until this past week or so. Uh, 17 and 15, and that's with being three and seven in the last 10, uh, losing three out of four to, I think it was the twins, right? They lost um, three out of four recently to a team that was just not very good. Um, obviously the twins have been good so far, but the blue Jays three out of four has a lot to do with it because of how few games have been played so far. Um, I don't know. Vladimir Guerrero has been good. Uh, basically what you'd expect from him. He's been great. Marcus Semien, uh, missing him, honestly, they're, they're, it seems like they may be missing him in the lineup, but if he was there, I mean, the guy's hitting like 100, 150 right now, so uh, I don't think it's it would be much of a difference anyways, but this Blue Jays team is, is going to be moving up in the rankings. Yeah. Um, our also, I want to mention a player that you mentioned. I don't, I've never been impressed by Jose Barreos, I have to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting much from him in this Blue Jays uniform. Yeah, Ken, our new researcher, said that the Blue Jays lost three out of four to the Cleveland Guardians. Was The was Guardians. The team. So the same, same the division. Indians, yeah, the Indians got the yeah. best of them there. So Ken, oh, our, Guardians, Ken, Ken, our new researcher, right on it. Uh, we're happy to have him on board for the show. Cleveland baseball team. Cleveland <laughs> baseball team. Um, number seven for me is a team Tommy already talked about, the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, they're going to be just fine. They're just – they're not – they're not playing – up to where we expect them to be, but I think they're going to still win this division and they're going to be fighting to get out of the national league. Number eight for me, uh, as jet rudely interrupted, I said, I was going to do two in a row due to my accidental St. Louis Cardinals number 11 being the top 10. So number eight for me is going to be the San Francisco giants. And this team is, it's very good, but it is unfortunately Stuck in the midst of a very tough division. Uh, 
I believe I said on our MLB predictions show, I'm expecting some regression from this team. I don't think they'll duplicate what I called a bit of a Cinderella run last year. They look good. In 12, I mean, that's a great record. They have their winners of five in a row. And I think John Tong, uh, a good friend of some of the viewers and myself, uh, I think he's, he's quite happy with uh, with what we're seeing here down in San Francisco. Okay. Um, well, let me get to my second yeah, one right now. Yeah, go, to, go to another one, yeah. Number seven, the Tampa Bay Rays. I have this team still a little bit higher than Jet, uh, just because I know that Kevin Cash knows how to win regular season games somehow. Um, every single time, doesn't matter who is on this 40-man roster, and it doesn't matter who's actually in the dugout and the bullpen. This team finds a way to piece together wins. They always seem to get the best out of their bullpen, which they just haven't done yet this year. Um, which I'm expecting them to figure out. I mean, they've had guys by the name of Jose Alvarado, who's a career four ERA guy, go in there and actually throw strikes and pitch to an ERA, you know, stuff too at time. Um, Chaz Rowe is another one. I mean, this this bullpen is always turning nobodies into absolute monsters uh, and guys you'd never want to face in the eighth or ninth inning. And they just haven't done that yet this year, and I'm expecting them to figure that out. Yeah, quick note on the the San Francisco Giants. A big, big part of their success so far this season has been Carlos Rodon, who they uh, signed in free agency formerly with the White Sox. Kind of looks like he's on his way at the moment to potentially winning a Cy Young this year. Uh, obviously, if he can continue that. Notable a- Rob Manford hater. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 1.9, I think, ERA at the moment. 50-something strikeouts in 35 innings. A great start for him. Um, moving on for me, number six is the San Diego Padres on my list. Um, they're doing this right now. They're second in the NL West, and they're doing this all without their best player, Fernando Tatis, which I know Tommy doesn't um, think think probably as highly of him as I do, but they're still 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 amiss the best in the National League, second in the NL West, plus eight run differential. Big story for them has been Manny Machado having a really terrific start to the season. We'll see if we'll be able to continue that, but the rotation has been pretty good. You Darvish is having a bounce back year so far. And then along with Mike Clevenger, who is back from injury, got off to a little bit of slow start, but um, the Padres are going to be really good. They just also got Will Myers and um, someone else off of injury list. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but the Padres, I still believe are going to finish second in this division. Yeah, that's where I'd have finishing as well, but I'll get to that in a minute. For me, my number six team is the Houston Astros. Um, 19 and 11 to start the year. That's a great start. They have won eight straight. So anytime you go a week plus without losing a ball game, uh, the clubhouse vibes are immaculate. I'm speaking from not personal experience. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you you get momentum. And I, I do, I'm a firm believer that baseball is a momentum-oriented sport um, within games, but especially – uh, from week to week, you know, you flip that schedule, you head to the next home game. I don't know if they're on a home stand or a road. Uh, they're on the road right now, but um, you definitely can catch them series to series in baseball. So Houston, Houston six is going to be a good spot for them the rest of the year. Yeah. Honestly. So Ken actually just told me that the Astros are on the road right now in Minnesota. Um, he told me that their game got delayed and postponed. They were in the top of the fourth, leading the Twins five to one. So yeah, uh, just for clarification, Ken is actually Jets cameraman and boyfriend, so he he's there at all times. Absolutely, I can never get much information out of him just because uh, he's not here with me. Ken. Ken. So yeah, Jets actually Ken. not on his Jets. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Ken, Jets not on his computer. This is actually Ken just holding the camcorder. <laughs> Three, three well, no, inches Ken, away from Ken, Jet's mouth. Ken, Ken is to my left. He's holding the camera, so it's, <laughs> it's it remains in mind. But he keeps throwing all these numbers at me, and I'm just trying to focus on one team at a time. Yeah, Ken, that's actually Ken, not a it. microphone. Ken, when you want to give me the numbers, just, just hold off one second. I mean, I'm not in the mood for it right now. We'll talk later about this incident, but I may have yeah. to um, reconsider our, our relationship at the moment. So Okay. That's <laughs> uh. Let's not forget about the girl down in Lake Worth. Who you got at number five? I have the Houston Astros at number five, just one one spot ahead of you. Um, someone you didn't touch on, which I'm really, really shocked. Justin Verlander 
Um, oh, hell, he's hell, crazy. Hell of, hell I told hell. you, he's my Cy Young pick. That's right. And he, that 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 could very well be the case towards the end of the season. Obviously, it's a long way to go, but coming off of Tommy John surgery, um, looks like prime Justin Verlander leading this Astros rotation. And for a team that um, needs a boost in their rotation because their offense is going to come along as the season goes on. We've seen it starting to heat up as of late, but Justin Verlander looks phenomenal, and he is, he's a big part of what the Astros are doing right now. Baseball was at its peak when Justin Verlander was getting commercials all the time. That was, that was a great time in Major League Baseball. For me at number five, um, five is also another word for honorable mention. Uh, for me at number five, I have the New York Mets. A phenomenal start to the season for this honorable mention. They are 21-11. Six and four in their last ten. Uh, they've lost a series yet, so shout out to them. Unfortunately, they have played my Philadelphia Phillies in four of those series, uh, so that has to do with the current NLE standings. But I mean, whoever made these schedules is really smart because I mean, the Phillies sucked in this first two months of the year, uh, and it's really showing in the standings due to that. But this is a good honorable mention for me, the New York. No, yeah, other, I don't want to talk about a single player, anything like that. Good for them. They're playing well. Yeah. Ken wants you to stop complaining. He's really, really getting annoyed by all that, but um, does Ken have a headset too? Ken doesn't have a headset. No. So how's yeah. he hearing me right now? Well, no, no, he can, he can hear because the audio goes in two directions. That's how we're able to record it. He goes one into his output of um, the, the anchor recording and then one recording goes into me. So yeah, I think Ken's gotten a little bit too much airtime in this episode. Uh, I may have to fire him and then he can break. Agreed. We're we're just the, we really need to keep turning over our cameramen and audio and researchers. <laughs> so um, the budget is only account for so much, but um, number four is the New York Mets for me. I will talk about some players because, you know, despite me being a, a lifelong Mets hater, um, I feel it's important to recognize when someone does achieves good things. Cause you know, that's a way to, I like to pride myself on being able to, you know, show show love to to greatness and just Thomas just disagrees, which is totally understandable. Um, Tyler McGill, he started off the season very, very strong. Obviously, uh, the start tonight kind of <laughs> put him back into that um, the other direction, but he's still having a very strong season along with Max Scherzer, as expected. Carlos Carrasco has been hanging in there. Taewon Walker has been all right. The rotation's been good considering they don't have Jacob DeGrom. Uh, Pete Alonzo has been really good. He had a home run, I believe, tonight and two home runs two nights ago. Starling Marte is off to a slow start, but I think he'll be just fine. And then, you know, overall, they've just been able to string wins together just like we see every season. But unfortunately, Doomsday is coming, and they will will revert back to their previous self. Yeah, so I'll talk about – I'll talk about two players and neither of them in a positive light. Um, first player I'm going to talk about is Tyler McGill. And this is to push the agenda to every Mets fan out there that thinks that uh, being 10 games above 500 to start the year does not equal a world series because we are so young into this new season that in one start, Tyler McGill's ERA went from a one nine three to a four, four one. Okay. So Let's all reel it back in. And Francisco Lindor is the second player I'll touch on. He is exactly what he was last year. Don't let the hot start fool you. This guy is back down to an OPS down in the 760s, a batting average of 240 or uh, five homers, 11 infield base hits out of his 30 base hits on the season. So take away all the infield singles for him and he's hitting 151 on the year yeah i mean i i hate to defend the mets but i think i should defend tyler mcgill here because um the underlying metrics according to our researcher can say a little bit different tell a little bit of different story uh tyler mcgill in according to baseball seven is in the top 80th percentile in expected era expected weighted on base average expected um, K percent, I'm not expect just regular K percentage, expected slugging percentage, and the numbers say that he should have a 2.71 ERA. So maybe he's suffering from a little bad luck right now. 
Um, but then Francisco Lindor, another guy he touched on, his numbers are, you know, he has some poor metrics and then some some pretty solid metrics. His expected batting average is pretty much um pretty pretty much lower than higher, I mean, than where it currently is at. His expected is 278, and he currently has a 238 batting average. So someone else suffering from some bad luck. And I, I like both of those players a lot. My number four team is someone from the same division, a certain fourth place team in the NL East. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's the San Diego Padres. Uh, that wasn't funny. No, no. It's all right. Well, guys, if Jet wants to call me out for not being funny, I'll expose him. Ken's not real. Okay. There's no Ken guys. Padres at four. You said I don't like Tatis. Not that I don't like Tatis. It's that I think he's a bit overrated. Um, his fielding is 100% a liability. Cannon of an arm, but he doesn't really know how to use it. And his hitting has been there always. His hitting and his speed are absolutely, that's three plus tools. Hitting for average power and a very quick guy. His gloves shaky. His arm is shaky. Um, but I think he's held to a standard of something that makes uh, fans of the game not necessarily want him to fail, but kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, they, they talk about him in this great light, and he's just not holding up to the standard. That's kind of how I felt about Otani when he was MLB's number one player over Mike Trout. There's no player in the game that's better than Mike Trout. There have been years, and there won't be um, so it's kind of like that. It's not that I don't like him. It's just, you get the MLB, the show cover, you know, you better win MVP. And he didn't Bryce Harper did. Um, it's a different story. Yeah. yeah, different uh, Whatever, day. whatever. Um, thanks for the clarification there. That brings me to my next team, which is the Los Angeles angels. And I totally agree that Mike Trout should have been the number one player. And it's proving that once again, to start this season with a three thirty-seven batting average, nine home runs, 19 RBIs and leading this Los Angeles team to, First in the AL West and second in the AL with it the third highest run differential at 45. And their offense has been performing on all cylinders. Their best player, though, has actually been offensively Taylor Ward, who has kind of emerged after a really slow start to his career, has finally found his groove. Six home runs, 15 RBIs. Um, Shohei Otano is finally starting to get into a groove. Started the season off offensively pretty poorly, but now he's sitting at 258. And then obviously a big problem with the Angels in years past has been their pitching, and they've had some guys step up, obviously with Rude Detmers and the no-hitter a night ago. And then Noah Syndergaard coming off of injury has looked really good. Obviously Otani, Patrick Sandoval has a 2.03 ERA. So Angels have a lot of things going for them. I still would like for them to trade for a another starting pitcher because I think that's they're still lacking there. But um, looks like the Angels could be a lot better than all of us expected this year. I agree. I mean, my number three team is the Angels as well. And that's funny because the two best switch hitters in the game of baseball are both in my top ten power rankings. G-Man Choi and Anthony Rendon. <laughs> Um, Rendon a bit better at switch hitting as he's hitting 1,000 from the left side in his career. Um, OP of 5,000. I mean, it literally does not get better than that, guys. Um, but no, the game last night was crazy and definitely may have elevated them in my power rankings just from watching that game. Because uh, that was honestly one of the most fun games of baseball this entire season. I know I've trashed on the game a little bit. That was one of my most fun games to watch this whole year. Um, another one probably would have been Phillies Mets when the Mets won eight seven, but obviously I didn't care for it too much. Um, but yeah, Trout homering twice. We had a position player pitching. We had a right-handed hitter hitting a left-handed home run, um, and a no hitter that was one walk away from a perfect game. That's literally you think of all the fun things in baseball that hit every single nail on the head. Uh, Rob Manfred must be listening to this show. So they are my number three team. Absolutely. That that had everything in it. Um, couldn't ask for a better baseball game. Um, number two for me is the New York Yankees. Really exceeding expectations at the moment. First in the American League with a plus 52 run differential. That's second in all of baseball. Uh, the story for them has really been their pitching. Who is going to be the guys that are going to be able to step up? 
Nestor Cortez has been their best starting pitcher with a 1-4-1 ERA, 42 strikeouts and 32 innings pitched, and they've gotten great production out of Jordan Montgomery, Jamison Tyone. Luis Severino has looked good coming off of injury a year ago. Garrett Cole, now that he found a way to use more sticky stuff, has really gotten that ERA back down to where it originally was. And then offensively, um, Aaron Judge is playing like a guy who wants another contract. Anthony Rizzo um, started off really hot, slowed down a little bit, but already has nine home runs, 22 RBIs. A lot to like from this Yankees team. Will it continue or will it end up in another New York disappointment? Probably. For me, my number two team is the Los Angeles Dodgers, Jet. I have the Yankees at one. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and touch on one thing that you failed to mention. Obviously, first, Nasty Nestor, absolutely crazy the way this guy came on the scene last year it was like he strung together like four good stars so you're like wow this guy is pretty crazy the mustache he's got the look blah 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 blah. um he's basically he succeeded at what i thought ranger suarez was gonna do they were both crazy when they came on last year i thought they'd both be crazy again obviously only one of them was maybe rangers should start doing some weird leg motions and stuff but Nestor Cortez is a very fun baseball player to watch. The one thing that you failed to mention, Kyle Higashioka has been brutal. And I think that's due for a change. And I think this Yankees team will get better once they get more production out of their catcher spot, which has been, I mean, I don't know the metrics, but I would have to say, if not bottom five, bottom 10 of the league for sure. Um, Literally no production back there. Uh, his fielding is whatever, but he has been hitting like a bum. So, oh, well, here's here's the thing I just want to touch on really quick in regards to catching. While the production, um, offensively hasn't been there, um, Jose Trevino, their backup catcher, according to you know people that are around the Yankees and even Garrett Cole and some other pitchers, they feel like he has really elevated the whole pitching staff. Um, just the way he's able to call a game. And the way he's able to, you know, command yeah, put the some command, spider tack in his glove behind the plate. Um, they don't really need this offensive production if they're able to command a pitching staff that has been one of the top ones in the league so far. Yeah. Real quick, I'll talk about my number two team, the Dodgers. They're, I, I think that a Dodgers Yankees World Series this year would be like this marketed World Series of all time. And the fans, the, the actual fans of baseball would hate every second of it. But the people that call themselves fans of baseball, the people that just walk around in Timberlands and Yankees hats or their tank tops and their Dodgers hats, depending on what coast you're on, this would be like the greatest, like this would be the greatest thing since they figured out you could put a knife through a loaf of bread and put some freaking ham and cheese on a jet. I prefer and turkey. cheese, I prefer mustard. Turkey. Um, but uh, seriously, yeah. Um, turkey. But but the thing is though, we've been. Isn't that like the most known dry meat? Dry meat, but it's my favorite meat, and I will have be having my turkey sandwich with some yeah, cheese. with some foot um, down your throat, Jet. No, I'll be putting the sandwich down my throat. But um, yeah, you're um, something wrong. What I was saying was uh, kind of just forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, um. There's been predictions every year that it was going to be Yankees Dodgers World Series for like 10 years now, and that just has not been the case. Obviously, that would be a pretty recognizable series with two historic franchises. I probably wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I would watch it just because I'm a real baseball fan, but um, you know, we'll Poor see what elite. happens. It's 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 going it's on that way to getting there, but I feel like we'll see it see a different. I, I definitely think we'll see one of those teams, but not both. What's my middle name, Jet? Blake. Starts with a J. Jet, let's go ahead and hop into some NBA. Not a whole lot to talk about because we recorded two days ago. I have something to talk about. What we have seen, uh, the games that we have seen, I'll go ahead and run through real quick. Let's do it. Um, So we have seen one Bucks game. We have seen one Grizzlies game. And we have seen one Suns game. So and a Heat game. Let's start with the Suns. The Suns dominated the Dallas Mavericks 110 to 80. This does not help my narrative very much that I have the Mavericks moving on. 
Um, Mavericks did have a first quarter lead. So, I mean, do with that what you will. Luka Doncic and Devin Booker looks like it may be turning to be one of the all-time great rivalries that we could see. These players, I mean, they look like they absolutely hate each other's guts, and it's very fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, I saw um, a few clips of that on Instagram, and it definitely looks like that's the case. I don't know how. Yeah, well, how, I watched the game, so. Well, I watched I watched other games that we're going to get into, <laughs> so don't don't you worry. I can't use that little quote anymore because I paid attention to all the games that we had, especially, oh, you forgot to mention the Heat um, beating the 76ers by 30 points. But continue on with what you're saying. Yeah, so Luca and Booker both dropped 28. Um, I still think Luca is the better player. Devin Booker is definitely making a case for my top 10 though. Um, you can maybe slide someone out with the likes of, uh, Trey young, but he, he may be due for a slide out of the top 10 and Devin Booker may be due for the right in. Yeah. No, Nicholas you know, Claxton. Yeah. Um, the 12th spot, by continuing the way. to flip and flop and flip and flop with your, your rankings and your picks. Now you're not. Yeah. Well, you like I said, this young. is my first year really watching basketball. Right. So I think it's pretty normal. Normal. Uh, most, most people's first year watching a sport, they don't actually try to broadcast their feelings about it. Yeah. I uh, mean, to their friends and family, you but, say, no, you say normal, I say clickbait, but continue on. Yeah. Should have never shaved. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the next set of games that we talked about yet the point domination of the memphis grizzlies over the golden state Warriors. wow crazy it was like like what this is the like this is the least expected thing ever um they lost by two without morant last game they come back and they win by 40 without Morant this game. And they're literally trying to push this narrative that they're better without him. And it's starting to get to me. I'm starting to believe it. Well, I mean, if you look at like just looking at the box score, obviously I watched the game, so I, I go beyond the box score, but the the you know, they're they just showcase their depth without John Morant. And obviously they they're defensive focused team without John Morant, but Desmond Bain had a better game in this one. Jaron Jackson showed up as well. Um I don't That's think this is the story of the series. I, Jaren yeah, Jackson's exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, this could have very well been a sweep without him. Yeah, I don't I don't think though that this is sustainable for the Grizzlies um to win this series just because you need you need top players in order to get to the biggest games of the year. And I just don't think um I don't think the Warriors are going to lose two in, two in a row. Are we on the train that Poole injured Morant, or is it an unrelated play? I don't. Th- I don't think he did it. No, yeah. I don't. I mean, we look at like him twisting his knee a little bit, which really, looking at it, anything in slow motion looks a lot more painful than it probably really is. Yeah. Um. So I, I he literally pulled his knee maybe like two inches. Granted, it's not the way it's supposed to go, but if you're an NBA player, you're probably more than likely flexible. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that was it either. And what he did would surely not cause a bone bruise. Now, if he came out later after the season and it comes out, he has to get surgery on his knee for some type of weird pull or something, then maybe we can go back at this and look at it. But I don't think so either. Um, people are really hating on pool, but. I don't I don't think it was warranted. Steph Curry only took 10 shots in this one. Uh Kaminga really thought he was the option one for this team in this game for some reason. I don't I couldn't tell you why for the life of me. Um not a whole lot to look at in this Warriors box score, really. No. They didn't even get too many shots of. You can tell that they brought in a bunch of bums toward the end of the game. Um so many minutes for these guys, so this game I actually didn't watch. First game of the whole entire playoffs. I didn't oh. actually get to watch. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it looks like this game is over with at least with at least fifteen minutes left in it. So. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, and this series is everything we could have hoped for. Back and forth, every single game has been. Nobody's won twice in a row. Um, Bucks take this one 110 to 107. 
over the Celtics and did they really or did Marcus Smart give the Milwaukee Bucks a 110-107 win? Marcus Smart handed in the Bucks this victory. Um, first of all, before even Marcus, Marcus- stupid. <laughs> Marcus, that, idiot. That's that's the title of our episode confirmed right there. Um, but even before Marcus Smart, when Giannis, which is expected, he missed a free throw to um, tie the game up, I believe. Um, the Celtics couldn't get that rebound and allowed Bobby Portis to be able to tip the ball right back in to give the Bucks a one-point lead. And then, then you have all the Marcus Smart issues, getting blocked by Drew Holiday and then getting the ball thrown at him, which causing it to go out of bounds. And then on the final possession, gets the ball stolen from him, from Drew Holiday, and then he tries to pretend that he got fouled. So that's why as a defensive player of the year, not sure why he's getting the ball um, in those crucial seconds when you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Big Al on the court. But... The Celtics definitely beat themselves in this one, which is unfortunate because I, I really had them winning the series, and I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. How does Al Horford go from game to game with these, like, crazily different box scores? <laughs> I feel like it's not just from last game to this game. I feel like he does that a lot. It's just I think it happens when as you get up in age. Like, it's very hard to string together these monster games. Like, over and over and... Right, right. Like LaFraud and Joel M. Joel M. Fraud as well. Yeah, Joel Embiid's really a fraud. I mean, really yeah. didn't deserve I mean, MVP either. No, no, Jokic deserves that for sure. Stating lies. Yeah. Drew Holiday. Give this guy defensive player of the year. And I think uh, I think Marcus Smart needs to just hand him the award after tonight. Um. Or ship it to Miami. That could have been an option. Giannis was crazy. I think this was his most efficient game of the year or of the series. He went off. Bobby Portis, I mean, only shot 28%, but I feel like just the game he had is always enough to help his team win. Yeah, I mean, he scored the biggest basket of the game, in my opinion, as well. Right, yeah. Um, This guy, I think Bobby Portis is like the perfect player to turn the Sixers from like fringe contenders to favorites. And I always, I kind of, I kind of view games like that. Like I kind of always try to see like, well, who could, who do the Sixers need? Like, what do they need? Um, if we had Bobby Portis coming off the bench and we didn't have to watch Furkan Korkmaz <laughs> minutes, you know, the rotation, uh, I think that makes miles of a difference. So absolutely. And uh, notable side note, Thonis did not suit up in this one. With Thonis, he didn't suit up in this one. You know why? Why? He said, only use me for game seven. Game seven, okay. He said, if you trash-ass Jits can't win this game in six, then I'll suit my ass up. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. He actually said word to my mother on that one as well. So, And he's, he's coming on the show, I think, what, episode 49, right? 47. 47, okay. 47. Stay tuned, yes. guys. Yeah. yeah, so I think his pattern was he wanted to do 27, which... 20. Is right now. Thonasis, come on out. <laughs> uh, 27, 47, 67, uh, and then 69 because he's always been a jokester. But So we'll, we'll see quite a bit of Thonasis. Yeah. Uh, Giannis never really wanted to make the trip. Too busy right. eating some Mediterranean salad. <laughs> right. So Yeah, just, just was curious on that end. So that's, that's all three games that we did not – talk about last time because they happened in between episodes uh jed uh, quick, anything else quick thing, get, I, just, quick thing I wanted to, to mention um the heater back <laughs> crushing defeat to the 76ers in miami just james harden just is not getting to bed in time because he's too busy at the strip clubs down in miami which is understandable um but he's just not in that playoff mindset only in philadelphia it seems i do think the 76ers are going to win game six just because it looks like both teams can't win on the road in this series but impressive bounce back performance from this Heat team. Absolutely stomped all over the 76ers and Joel Embiid. Um, but the Heat are going to win this series. Not like I still haven't changed up my tune on that. Love that Duncan Robinson got some minutes, even though most of those minutes were in garbage time. Max Struess really stepped up in this one. 19 points, was knocking down some big threes. 
Obviously, we saw James Harden get back down to earth. Tyrus Maxey didn't have a big game his first. Not so big game of the year, but he didn't seven. Yeah, Maxey played terrible, and I feel like Maxey's been like that on the road, even in the regular season, too. So that's a little... It's a little hill he's going to have to get over. George Niang, like I, I knew exactly this would happen. Literally can't hit a ball. I don't understand it. I think he's one for 20 uh, on the road this or this series. I know he went 0 for 7. I know he went 0 for 6. I think he had a, a 1 for 7 also. But that's inexcusable. Uh, sniper Shake Milton, look for him to have a big bounce back game. He will, I mean, he's in a sniper shake his butt all over any Miami Heat player that they about it game six is the Sixers um game seven I think we're gonna see more intensity from the Sixers because they're gonna feel like more's on the line you really can't be predicting a what is this 15 you can't predict a 35 point win in game seven it's just not I'm not saying it's going to be a 35 point win. I think the intensity will so be So then how is win. then how is me saying more intensity? How is that shake your head worthy? <laughs> what you're saying is that they're going to bring enough intensity to win the game. Did I, I say not, that? Did yeah, I ever I know, say I know I know that's what you're going to say. You you were getting Can I finish there, my I, sentence? No, no you can't. Let me continue. <laughs> Go okay, ahead. let me finish my sentence. There's going to be more intensity in game 7. I'm chalking up game 6 as a W. A very convincing one, like a 55 pointer. Uh, you guys don't, you guys don't hit 80 again. Uh, another 79 point game for you guys, and we're gonna drop like a 125, 130. Here's the thing, I, I would not. James Harden's gonna get all. out all the anger. Sniper Shake is gonna drop 26 points. No, I'm calling that right now. Tomorrow night, Sniper Shake, book it 26 points. 26 points in only 18 minutes, Jet. Fine, Gabe Vincent's gonna match that stat line. So Gabe Vincent. Who is that? Exactly. Um, Jed, anything else you want to get to? No, basketball, the baseball, football. This, the series was over before it started. So the New York um, Rangers stink. Yeah, Igor. Igor Shesterkin. Igor Shitsterkin. <laughs> Igor Shitstern. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. He needs to get a second eyeball, I think. Uh, uh I think it's time for word of the day. Highly oh, touted program. Oh. Um. Yeah. For some reason, tight word of the day. I started typing "highly touted." So let's see who that is. Word of the day: Merriam-Webster. Ramshackle is your word of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Now, how do you say that? Ramshackle. Okay, Ramshackle. R A M S H A C K L E. <laughs> ramshackle means in a very bad condition and needing to be repaired or carelessly or loosely constructed john Morantini is in a ramshackle but that's a given jimmy butler's hairstyle that's a ramshackle in it of its own eric spolstra's facial gestures on the sideline tackle i mean those Things don't know what they're doing. He's got eyeballs floating away from each other. What's really in a ramshackle, though, Jet, is that Miami Heat crowd. I look into the stands and I see red seats everywhere. What is the game not that important to this the South Beach team? They're in a ramshackle. Uh, the crowd's in a ramshackle. Spolster's facial gestures. Jimmy Butler's hairstyle. Um, Jimmy Butler's mindset, apparently, as well, as he's started scoring. Um, I don't know when that started sometime in the playoffs, I guess. Definitely didn't see that in the regular season. Guy was taking days off for sinus semicolon congestion. Uh, that's something, I mean, that is unheard of jet. That's at a ramshackle. Um, I really couldn't think of another player to ever say, you know, I need a day off. I can't really breathe out of my nose right now. Thoughts. Um, in regards to the fans, um, in Miami, the way we do it is we show up around the second quarter after, you know, we're done, done experiencing what South Beach is like. Then we get to the game and we cheer on our team. Um, most of the time we do leave early, though. Hence, you could go back to 2014 uh, when we left before game six was done in the NBA finals. But um, 
Heat team feeds off the the crowd's energy all the time. That's why we're able to be so dominant at home. By the way, you want to let's get white hot. You want to talk about attendance, fourth highest attendance in the regular season for this Heat team. Um, I will be at one of the games in the Eastern Conference Finals as well. Yeah, honestly, even if you weren't playing the Sixers, I'd be really rooting for whoever you're playing uh, just for prematurely buying a ticket to a game. Uh, especially after you told me that there's no refunds if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals. So you're basically just donating to Duncan Robinson's extensive salary. And that's fine. Uh, Duncan's a great guy. He's a great guy? Yeah. You enjoy watching him sit on the sidelines, just side-eyeing Eric Spolstra? He's a motivator. He's an inspiration to us all. As you cough. As I cough. What's my... Say that again. What's my middle name? Blake. What's Ken's middle name? Jonathan. What's you and Ken's pet name? Milo. What does that even mean, Jet? <laughs> Milo. How are you? Ken and Jet makes Milo. Yep. What is that? E- that doesn't even make any sense. That's his name. <laughs> Ken, you're dismissed for the night. We really do appreciate you guys hanging along with us. Um, Jet had a chance to win this Dan Marino signed football. Uh, so it's now going up for auction. The bids start at $545. Um, just go ahead and DM us on Instagram if you want it. Um, increments of 100 So if someone does place that $545, um, we'll notify everyone. Uh, this will go on for a month. Uh Obviously, you know how auctions work, but you know we'll we'll notify you if it gets to six forty five, seven forty five, eight forty five. You know, eventually, the most likely sell price is ten forty five. Um, but we're excited. I'm Tommy. That was Jet and Ken, and this is the twenty five eight Sportscast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.